0: And welcome to the 73rd annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal, Phil. How are you?
1: Doing good, buddy. How about yourself?
0: Not doing too bad. It's a doom and gloomy day here in Minnesota. I think winter is right around the corner, sadly. Uh, How is the weather in your neck of the woods?
1: Hot as fuck. Nothing's changed.
0: (laughs) All right, now... I know you want to give us a Ghislaine update. Actually, when I was watching the Epstein documentary, like kind of watching it, I figured out her name is actually Jelaine, but it's not spelled that way at all.
1: No, and it's much funnier just calling her Ghislaine.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, tell. (laughs) give the audience an update on her situation.
1: So right now, she is under close watch in her Brooklyn jail. I was reading an article uh came out just a few days ago that she actually wants to be moved out of that isolation and into general population. So she wants to be put into Gen Pop. And this is because right now she's being woken up every few hours during the middle of the night. Her phone calls are being monitored, even when she's on the phone with her defense team. She's also wearing uh, the paper kind of clothing that they give to people on Suicide Watch.
0: Uh, I think, isn't that illegal to monitor the conversations between uh, lawyer and client?
1: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure if she's just like thinking that those conversations are being monitored, or if they actually are. It didn't say that. She's just giving reasons. It was her lawyer giving reasons why she wants to be taken out of it. Apparently, it's all because of Epstein's suicide last year they're really monitoring her and i guess they're actually making sure that someone checks on her and that the cameras are working outside of her jail cell because i guess they don't want the same thing happening as what supposedly happened to epstein and the supposed is that he killed himself
0: (laughs) well i mean to be honest if she ended up killing herself that's just gonna blow up oh yeah that's
1: I mean, that's what everyone's talking about. Like, not if it's going to happen, but when.
0: Well, okay, I think we've passed your suicide date, right? We're coming up on my
1: suicide date.
0: Okay, yes.
1: well. It's currently the
0: 14th. Well, so, if, she, if she gets into Gen Pop, I mean, anything's possible, I suppose.
1: We did actually get a review from someone who put their time in October.
0: Okay, so they're giving her a little bit longer of a time period that they expect her to live.
1: Yeah, it's just a week after yours of September 28th. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they gave it her much longer than I did. Well, but I honestly expected something to already happen by now, so kind of a little surprised.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. After watching the Epstein documentary, I'm like, she's obviously, from what the witnesses said on that, she's just as guilty as he is, so... Uh, yeah, who knows what could happen to her, but now I've noticed, like, I've been linking you, it seems like now with them two, and probably some other, you know, blue bloods or whatever, Prince Andrew and all that, um, now they're starting to wrap Tom Hanks in there, Anthony Bourdain in there, Oprah in there, it's like, okay, I don't know if it goes that far, but, uh, yeah, they're kind of just, like, scooping out everybody into it.
1: Yeah, it does seem like it's getting into a bit of a witch hunt territory. Uh, they really are going after anyone that they don't like. And it's not both on the left and the right. It seems to be, depending on your like party affiliation, who you want to like take down.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like they're just going after celebrities in general.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure, like... I don't exactly know like the evidence against. I don't I haven't looked into that like a ton like the evidence against some of these celebrities cuz some of them you haven't really heard of being involved with this before. Like I think the Tom Hanks one is just kind of popping
0: up. Yeah, and the Spielberg one.
1: Oh, the Spielberg one. I saw the one um the Poltergeist, the girl, the little girl from the Poltergeist movie. Apparently her- they're claiming that he had her killed.
0: Well, th- I mean, that Long before the Epstein thing came out, that was a big thing about everybody who was on the original Poltergeist movie has died in some way, and unfortunately, the little girl had a, a condition that led to her death, Um, but yeah, a lot of people on that movie set died, but that was, be- you know, they're relating it because it's a ghost movie, and everybody died on there, it must be a haunted movie or whatever, you know what I mean.
1: Oh yeah, it's... So- Yeah. Well, that was the big conspiracy that – I think it was the little girl from that movie – from the – what was it? The Exorcist. Yeah. That was another one where because that girl was uh, tied down during that movie so much and forced to like wriggle around and flail while she was tied down, that she had serious, I think, back and neck problems, which I don't know. She may have actually – but I do know that that was a, kind of a conspiracy that came out of another horror movie.
0: Well, I know she's alive and well, so uh, Linda Blair. Oh, she did die. No, Linda Blair. She's still alive and well. Oh, okay. She's still in some stuff. Usually she like hosts uh, horror shows or something like that because she's obviously very popular from that movie.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But anyway, yeah. But anyway, we got a we got kind of a long one here to get through today. Um, We're going to dive into this week's conspiracy. Now, have you ever heard of the Native American tribe called the Hopi?
1: Yes, I have Uh, a little bit. I know that there's some living out in kind of like the area that I live in.
0: Right. Um, We're going to be we're going to be talking about we're going to be getting into basically as much of the history of their tribe that I could find. Um, I watched one video. This, they were showing a map of Arizona and it looked like about a sixth of the state in the mainly northwestern corner, or I'm sorry, northeastern corner was mostly the Hopi, uh, reservation. Are you familiar with that at all?
1: Uh, I'm not actually familiar as much with that part of the state. I have been to probably as, as far north as I've been, was just the Grand Canyon.
0: Okay, well, the Grand Canyon definitely going to be coming up in what we're talking about. But anyway, kind of the main thing we're going to get into is the Hopi prophecies and what they call the Fourth World, okay? We'll get into all of that uh, much later in the episode, but we're going to just kind of talk a little bit about the tribe themselves. Now... The Hopi Native American tribe is primarily located around northwestern Arizona, but can also be found around the Four Corners area of the United States, which includes southeastern Utah, northeastern Arizona, northwestern New Mexico, and southwestern Colorado. So that's kind of their main area um, where they're located at.
1: I was gonna say that's Mormon country. You don't want to be
0: caught out there after dark. <laughs> oh, you bet, you bet your ass. They're gonna, the Mormons are gonna be coming up in this.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh have you been to the Four Corners like they have on uh, Breaking Bad?
1: No. Uh, when I used to live in Eastern New Mexico, I used to kind of drive just south of that area. But no, I've never actually been to the fourth, the Four Corners.
0: It's kind of neat. It seems like a kind of a neat thing to see for like five minutes and then drive off.
1: Kind of like every little roadside attraction. (laughs) Biggest ball of yarn. Stonehenge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Well, let's get the fuck out of here.
0: (laughs) Now, the primary meaning of the word Hopi is behaving one, one who is mannered, civilized, peaceful, polite, who adheres to the Hopi way. So that's apparently the translation of what Hopi means. Now, apparently the Hopi language is aizo Um and they have, they described it as one of 30 different variations of that language. So um, as we'll find out, they're very connected with kind of the Aztecs and Mayans and all of that, or Mayans, I should say. So they're kind of derived from those cultures.
1: So the Aztecs were primarily based in like central Mexico. So are they kind of like a northern branch
0: off of the Aztecs? From my understanding, yes, that's kind of what they are.
1: Okay, cool.
0: they That's what it kind of seemed like. Um, I'm going to be going through what history we understand of their tribe, and that's mainly when they first came in con- into contact with people who weren't from the the uh from North America essentially. So, but we'll get into that here. Uh the first recorded date that someone outside of uh Native American uh culture had came into contact with the Hopi people was Spanish general Francisco Vazquez de Cor- Coronado in 1540. Okay, have you ever heard of this guy?
1: Yes, I have. But pretty much if you ever hear any Spanish name, involved with Native Americans during this time, it's going to end up pretty bad <laughs> for, for the Native Americans, I know. We'll,
0: so. we'll get into that. Now, Francisco claimed he initially came into contact with the Zuni tribe, and then he learned about the Hopi tribe after that. So in 1540, now this is his estimate, okay? Francisco claimed that the between the Hopi and the Zuni tribes... There was about 16,000 people um, back in 1540. So that's quite a few people for the time period, right?
1: Yes. Was So this was his estimation of the people who were just in that
0: area or just the total two, numbers? The two tribes combined, yes. Okay, gotcha. And that,
1: then this was, this was in the area of? Uh, Northeastern Arizona. Okay, so he was actually in what was called like New Spain.
0: Yes, gotcha. yes, yes. So he, what's interesting is I had watched, I watched so many YouTube videos about the, the Hopi tribe. And one person claimed, okay, that at one point before white people arrived, there was 60 million Hopi. Um, and I think that number might be a little high.
1: That's a little, that's a, that's a lot high. Um, there was a, Obviously, because the land is uh, more giving in the central and eastern part of North America, there was a lot more Native Americans in those areas, just like now. There's a lot more Native Americans out there and more water, too. I don't think that the land could support 60 million.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They That was like a modern person's estimate of a long time ago, but I don't think it was around that many. That's a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think pre-European conquest or visitation, whatever you want to call it, pre-Europeans coming, I've heard that there was an estimate of 100 million Native Americans in total.
0: Okay, well that sounds about right, across all of North America and all that.
1: Yeah, like the entire Caribbean, North America, South America, Central America. I don't think that 60 million of those... Like, 60% obviously can't just be this, like, one tribe.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I I think they were over-exaggerating a little bit. But, as you mentioned, uh, turmoil was about to happen when the Spanish arrived. Now, sometime in, I guess it was almost 100 years later, in 1629, the Spanish Roman Catholics began to invade, mm-hmm. and they built a church right in awatovi which is one of the main hopi villages at that time and i believe it still exists today i believe the uh the ruins and everything are still there of uh where they had their town a really long time ago so as we know the the catholics when they come visit it's doesn't usually end up well right so they came there essentially trying to convert as many of the Hopi tribe members as they could. But uh, when they wouldn't conform to the Catholic ways, the Spanish essentially started to enslave some of the members of the tribe, which seems to be kind of the M.O. with the Spanish and the Catholic Church, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, I would imagine that that uh, Catholic Church was probably just as bloodstained as those old Aztec pyramids where they used to lob people's heads off. Uh,
0: yeah, it's... Here's what I found interesting about the Hopi. Um, I, You know, I assume this was the white Europeans that came here and kind of demolished their tribe, which they do definitely come in contact with them much later on, but apparently it was a Spanish first who was uh, a complete dick to them.
1: Oh, in yeah, in, uh, in this area yeah. and in South and Central America it was the spanish uh and then later the portuguese too they there was a edict by the pope where they got half of south america but mm. yeah it was definitely the spanish who came in to what would become later arizona and started uh fucking with the like the tribal politics taking slaves trying to convert people basically the same shit that they're doing in africa which is do you want food? If you want food, you have to take the Bible with it. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh,
0: God, that's so despicable. Well, see, this is why this show works, because you're the history nerd, and you know all of this stuff. I wasn't aware of all of this.
1: Yeah, the problem, too, is it's really fucking disgusting, which they didn't. I don't think they would actually knew. But all of the, like the strife that was happening to the Native Americans, causing them to become more nomadic than they used to be. And what the Roman Catholics were trying to basically tell them that they could solve was the Spanish were the ones who were bringing the disease. They were the ones spreading the disease to these Native Americans and also trying to offer them the solution to their problems with Christianity, which everyone knows Christianity is not going to help anything.
0: Wow. Okay. that Jesus. So wait, the the Spanish Catholics were turning on the regular Spanish kind of. Or, like, trying to convince them that they were actually the real evil.
1: No, well, the Spanish were trying to, when the Spanish, like, when the Jesuit priests would go out and try to give aid to all of these, like, sick and dying people, they were trying to convert them to Catholicism. But it was the Spanish, it was the European diseases that they were bringing over that was harming these Native Americans.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty fucked up, to be honest with you.
1: So the more that these, like, the more that the Spanish... Like, the missionaries, the more that the Spanish settlers, whatnot, would spread out, the more disease and strife they would actually cause.
0: Oof. Um. So, the Hopi did get revenge, though. And as far as I know in the story, I believe it actually was a priest or a monk or something like that had actually killed one of the members of the tribe, and that led to a revolt in 1680, and they drove the Spanish out and reclaimed their land. And the the Catholics wouldn't return until the 1700s. But again, when they tried to come back and convert, they were driven out again and uh, did not return again after that until, I guess, probably modern times or whatever.
1: Yeah, one really good thing for the people who, like the Native Americans that were living north of what we now call Mexico... Spain and then eventually Mexico really didn't show much interest in a lot of that land, just because how they didn't really see, obviously, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, it's not exactly the best land. So they didn't actually see, like, you wouldn't want to build a hacienda in the desert, and there's no real point to it. So that was one of the good things for the Native Americans up until, like, the United States settlers started running through or the United States basically sent a lot of the Eastern Native American tribes to live out in the West, which all of a sudden they were getting encroached on you know, their land and whatnot.
0: Well, I, I, I'm assuming the Spanish would have changed their minds if they knew that eventually Arizona was going to have the Cardinals and the Suns <laughs> uh, and the Coyotes and the – Diamondbacks, yeah, Diamondbacks, yes, Diamondbacks. yes that's
1: also a bad team from Arizona. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, now apparently in the 1850s is when the Hopi tribe would first come in contact with the U.S. government. Now it appears that the U.S. government had set up Fort Defiance uh, nearby. Eventually, the Hopi were requesting that the U.S. government help them with the Navajo tribe, whom it. From what I understand, the Hopi and the Navajo had been at war many, 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 many times throughout the years, and they are not really friendly with each other. It seemed like the Navajo was really big on attacking other villages and then expanding themselves. That was my understanding of it. So, and the Hopi's kind of a smaller tribe, so I'm assuming the Navajo were much uh, bigger and more powerful, so that's kind of why they wanted help because they kept attacking them. Um, Do you know much about uh, the inner turmoil there?
1: I don't know much about, like, every specific tribe that was, like, out here or moved out here, but I do know that the Navajo were one of the biggest tribes, like, especially, like, during that time. Obviously, they're one of, like, the most famous, like, Western tribes. Like, everyone has at least heard the word Navajo.
0: Yeah, like, from what I was reading... Well, let me finish this part real quick. So eventually General James C. Carlton, with the assistance of Kit Carson, managed to capture a bunch of the Navajo tribe members. And apparently the Hopi tribe after this were able to kind of enjoy a time of peace when they weren't being under assault from the Navajo, Navajo tribe. Now, like we mentioned the Navajo and Hopi had been fighting over their lands all the way into the 1960s when they finally had a treaty kind of between them where they came to agreements between lands. But I've also heard that someone on a YouTube video claims that the U S government helped them from the Navajo tribe invading them. But after that, when they were arguing the hopi were given a certain amount of land for the reservation and then the us government gave the navajo a piece of the hopi tribes reservation as well and that's kind of what they were arguing over if that makes sense
1: okay so- did it say if there was a reason why they did that were they trying to like trying to shake it up like stir the turmoil
0: or I, I really don't know. Um, As we know, the U.S. government kind of likes to just force uh, Native Americans into like little reservations or pockets or whatever. And I'm assuming that's what they were trying to do there.
1: In, until they find gold, oil or water on that land yeah. and then get the hell out pretty it, much is it, what they were doing.
0: It does seem like, like, let's say today, I can't say this for certain, but it seems like in the 60s is a big Point of contention between the two tribes but like in modern days they're peaceful with each other and everything like they're they um, communicate with each other and they're peaceful with each other and everything like that it seems that's what it seems like
1: yeah I think that's just kind of how they're it's not really they've modernized a lot like obviously they're like their reservations they haven't been given the best land they uh they've inherited a lot of problems from being moved off of their lands and then put into these little boxes of land. Um but yeah, they have they they do have all the same things that we have. They have TV, like cell phones, electricity, you know, grocery stores and stuff like that. So it's not like they're still living the way that they used to live where they would have all these like tribal animosities and stuff.
0: Uh it's funny you mention that because once we start getting into the prophecy section here um you're gonna (laughs) learn that they don't like technology very much so and they don't think we should really have it but i got one more section here we got to talk about the mormons okay The the hopi tribe was not finished with their religious invasion yet now in 1858 jacob hamilton uh a mormon missionary ventured into a hopi village obviously he was, trying to, he was trying to convert members to become Mormons. In eighteen seventy-five, they built a Mormon church on Hopi Land. Now, it doesn't seem like the Hopi had an uprising and forced them out. So maybe the Mormons are still around there somewhere. I don't really know. But obviously the it's funny because isn't it isn't it a belief in the Church of LDS that you have white native americans and then evil native americans
1: uh they have something uh, like that so there's this belief that the jews were driven out of the holy land and some of them found like kind of like refuge in north america like they traveled all the way out to north america settled out here mixed in with the native americans and now there's like these descendants of Jews living in North America. Kind of how I understand it. I probably watered <sighs> that because I haven't really looked into it in quite a while well, since college. But. All
0: I can say is like that <laughs> literally sounds like pretty anti-Semitic if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, the whole Mormon church was pretty not nice to non-white people <laughs> up until just a few, a few decades ago. ago.
0: Yeah, wow. until last Thursday.
1: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so if the Hopis would have known better, they may have just kicked them all the fuck out right then and
0: there. Well, I mean, maybe they were a lot nicer than the Catholics were back in the 1600s.
1: Oh, I imagine they were a lot more polite. Yeah, Yeah. definitely.
0: Uh, But, yeah, I thought that part, I mean, it's not funny, but I thought it was like, because you and I obviously were grew up indoctrinated as Catholics, and then you hear the goddamn Catholics are terrorizing this poor tribe. And it's like, to me, I mean, to me personally, I'm like, that's not a surprise at all.
1: No, well, the Catholics, like, with all Christian religions, they're only as good as they're, like, or they're only as bad, I suppose you would say, as they're allowed to be. So right now, they're not allowed to be bad at all. Like, even the shit they want to do behind closed doors, they can't do that shit anymore. <laughs> So, back then, though, they could just be outright with it, and they could just do whatever the fuck they wanted.
0: It's very true. Well, Phil, are you ready to get into the Hopi spiritual beliefs? Yes. Now, this, I'm going to say, is fucking metal as shit, okay? This, they're, let me, let me clarify this. So, I'm going to go through the what I believe is like the mainstream belief system for the the Hopi tribe. Now, it's interesting because, Wiki, let's say Wikipedia and a bunch of other websites, it's going to tell you basically the description of their spiritual beliefs that I'm about to tell you, right? But okay. they also have kind of the doomsday side of it, which will go in right after that part and it's it's kind of similar but slightly different um but we'll we'll talk about that when we get there so just keep that in mind okay all right now as i mentioned the hopi is very very similar to say the mayans and aztecs and some believe that their beliefs might have started from say the aztecs and then they slightly changed them a little bit now as we know the mayans had the famous calendar that spurred the ultra popular documentary known as 2012 have you watched this documentary oh yeah wonderful movie john you really enjoyed it yeah now this is this is i thought was an interesting comparison here that i found on one of the websites some say that the mayans are the masters of time right cuz they use the calendar and all of that well the hopi could be considered the masters of space because their beliefs come a lot more from like uh, astrological beliefs and different dimensions and things like that, which I think is really interesting in, in contrast. Okay. You know? What I, do you know what I mean, yeah. though?
1: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. They were kind of like stargazers.
0: Yeah, it's right. as once we get through kind of the the mythology here, it's very very interesting. Well, it, we'll start off here with Tawa. The Sun Spirit, okay? Now, Tawa is the creator, and it is he who formed the First World out of Tokapella. okay? I hope I said that right, or Endless Space, as well as its original inhabitants. So, essentially, he is their god, okay? Their main god. Now, according to legend, Tawa, in the First World, had created insect-like creatures that lived in dark caves, but... They did not fully understand the meaning of life and was and Tawa was unhappy with this initial creation. So these he created these insect creatures, but they didn't really understand what it was like. They didn't understand the meaning of life. Okay,
1: I think we may have actually gotten some uh, some not nice reviews from some of these creatures
0: possibly living in
1: their dark caves.
0: (laughs) I think they we call them neckbeards now.
1: Oh, okay. Is that what they're called? They're not
0: called trolls? Uh, They could be trolls, too. The interesting thing is, as we're going to find out, he kills all of them, so I don't know how they're still surviving. Okay. So Tawa sent the spirit called Spider Grandmother to lead the insects on a long journey into the second world. When they got there, they noticed that their appearance had changed from insects to wolves and bears. But they had webbed feet and tails. But again, Tawa was still not happy because the new evolution of these creatures still didn't understand what the meaning of life was. So, so they the-
1: had webbed feet and webbed tails? Webbed feet and tails. A oh, webbed feet and tails. Yes. Are you sure they weren't possibly from Kentucky or that <laughs> region of the country?
0: Ah. Uh- I don't know. We'll have to let any, somebody know if there is Hopi tribe members from Kentucky, where there's a long-lost tribe of them over there. I
1: uh, do believe there are a lot of instances of tails and webbed feet, though. So
0: Keep in mind the insects and these weird webbed feet wolves and bears, okay? We're going to be talking about them again here uh, in the next part. Now, okay. So the spider grandmother returned and led them into the third world. Now this time... They came out as human beings. Now, while in the third world, the spider grandmother taught the people how to weave clothing and baskets to keep themselves warm because they no longer have all, had all the hair like the wolves and bears did. She also taught them how to make pottery out of clay. Now, this is a part that I think's really interesting. After a while, a hummingbird arrived and dr- delivered uh, the Hopi tribe members a fire drill which the fire drill essentially taught them how to create fire, okay? Now this is, I don't know, I find that really interesting, especially if we connect kind of the random ancient alien beliefs, right?
1: That's what I was just thinking, how it's almost like there's an evolution and then all of the sudden, there's this, these beings that come down. They call it a hummingbird. But uh, if if you look at how, like, what the thought is of how an alien spaceship or something like that would fly. It would fly kind of like a hummingbird. How it can go really fast and then hover. And it's teaching humans how to like, use fire, make pottery, blankets and shit to keep them warm after they lost all of their hair.
0: I, I should mention when I'm talking about these worlds, they literally describe this as they take a journey, they leave their dimension and go to a new dimension. That is essentially how they're describing their transference from the first world to the second world to the third world to the fourth world, as we get in here, which I think is really interesting. Now, this is what I was thinking when I was reading this. If we take the first world and what they described as insect creatures, could that be the way they would describe dinosaurs?
1: Um, maybe.
0: I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking And then when the dinosaurs went extinct, what came after that? The creatures that came out of the water, right? Yeah. Well, no,
1: the creatures that came out of the water would have been before the dinosaurs. So all of, after the dinosaurs, after the comet that hit the earth, the dinosaurs, everything taller than like a chicken died. So all of the dinosaurs that were still around turned, kind of like turned into birds. And then all of the little mammals that would have been the size of, like, a chipmunk. Like, all of the mammals descended from them. So, the, mm. coming out of the water was long before that.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of connecting the dots like that. Maybe that is... Because when... we'll we'll come back to that once we get to um, the kind of alternate, the- or alternate lore that they have here. But anyway, now the hummingbird was sent by a spirit called Masa-Uwu. I think think it's Masa-Uwu, actually. Uh, The skeleton man. Uh, He was the spirit of death, the earth god, and the doorkeeper to the fifth world, also known as the keeper of fire because he showed them how to make fire. Now, Masu is described as wearing a hideous mask. Masu was alternately described as a handsome bejeweled man Beneath his mask or as a bloody fearsome creature. So he's kind of looks normal except for what's under his mask, with which I think is pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah, the guy it sounds like he wears a lot of hats. <laughs> and he's kind of a mysterious dude. Wait, if, could
0: this be Queen Queen Elizabeth here?
1: It possibly could be. <laughs> once once Queen Elizabeth takes off the uh the human skin that she wears, maybe it's just like that. It <laughs> could be a reptilian. Maybe that's what it is. Hey,
0: there you go. You never know now. So keep in mind, we're in the third world right now in their mythology. So eventually the third world had became extremely corrupted by evil and the hap- inhabitants had became super greedy and they began to kill and poison each other. So Tawa created the fourth world and the spider grandmother once again, led the righteous people into the fourth world. Now, Here's the interesting thing. So Tawa apparently created a great flood. Now, the spider grandmother, they claim created these ginormous hollow reeds that all the good people got into and used as boats until they reached dry land. Now, where does that sound oddly familiar from?
1: Well, obviously, it's Noah's Ark. It's kind of the same. um, It's almost the same kind of story.
0: Right. Isn't that very strange?
1: That is weird. I wonder if this is actually, if in there, we obviously don't know, like, what their actual timeline would be for when this happened. But I wonder if this could have all spawned from the same, like, water event that they may have been seen on the other side of the world and gotten their stories from.
0: Well, that that's what I was thinking. Maybe there actually was a Great Flood. It's just not necessarily, like, a, a god flooding the Earth or something, but it was like a giant flood happen. That's what I... You know what I mean?
1: Or some kind of global event, like a tsunami or... Like a large asteroid hitting the ocean and then tsunamis just flooding out all of the the areas of land. Maybe (laughs) something like that could have happened.
0: Um, It's very possible. Okay, so now they're emerging into the fourth world. Now, the fourth world is what we are allegedly living in right at this moment. We are currently... In the fourth world. Now they have a really. Really interesting thing here. That they talk about. So they claim that. Essentially emerging into the fourth world. Was the gateway to the fourth world. Was the Grand Canyon. Okay. So I. It's kind of confusing. But essentially they came out of the Grand Canyon. Now what's the really interesting part. Is they have a belief in something. Or someone I should say. Called Pahana. Now, what Pahana is, is the long lost white brother of the Hopi that emerged when they emerged from the fourth world, decided to migrate east. And when he would return in the original legend, the white brother would return and he would destroy the world, which would eventually lead them into the fifth world. Okay, so when you hear that, what do you think of? Uh,
1: obviously the Europeans and future headlines yet to come, pretty much. Here's the, from, from the way we're going.
0: Here's the thing. Why, how would they know? What puzzles me is how would they have knowledge of a white person from this long ago that would eventually come back from the East and cause havoc amongst, uh, the Hopi people?
1: Well, I think the Mormons might have an answer for you on that one. But <laughs> who knows? I mean, maybe it could have been uh like a hallucin not a hallucination like that prophecy. Maybe somebody had like a psychic vision of it. Or Oh,
0: actually that's they're, a great point.
1: Yeah. It was you said this area, like they're in Arizona, so I don't see a lot of European travelers going all the way around South America to come up before the Spanish. Even somebody, even the Vikings, they would never have gone that far south.
0: No, that like if you were first coming to North America during that time, man, it would be hell to travel to Arizona from either of the coasts.
1: Oh yeah, you're you're looking at either coming up through Texas or coming. Actually, the the route from Texas wouldn't be so horrible because the like the Rocky Mountains, uh they're not as, like, prominent as they are up in Colorado. It's it's a lot, uh, let's say it's a lot smoother, like, down the southern way. But if you came in from California, that would be one hell of a fucking hot-ass a sludge,
0: voyage. Yeah. Ugh, but the, the other interesting thing is, and I'll kind of bring it back up again once we get deeper into, like, the, the newer prophecies, is this Pahana, there's, my understanding is there's two... Two tribes, okay? There is the bear tribe, and there is the fire tribe of the Hopi people. Now, they both have four stone uh, tablets with inscriptions on them. Now, there is little chunks of the tablet prophecy missing from the bottom uh, left of them. And some people say that this long-lost white brother has these tablets. The missing piece of the tablet. Now, when he comes back, he will fill out the rest of the prophecy on the tablet. And he can decide whether we will fix the world or we will destroy the world. Uh, That is another piece of the the lore. I didn't include the tablets too much because it's very confusing. But apparently, that's another belief of this Pahana guy, which is very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's really weird. Like... He
0: has, I mean, yeah, Well,
1: I was going to say, like, just the thought of that they have all of this story and mixed into it. They claim that the like the Pahana will come back one day and like set up the prophecy.
0: Yeah. And basically he can decide whether to essentially crop the world or fix the world. So I, I just I don't to me, it's like, how the hell did they know all of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I wonder if anyone has actually searched Nicolas Cage's homes <laughs> for the remaining pieces of these tablets. Because hey. I am very curious. Why is he buying all of these homes? He's he's just going to be hiding.
0: What if the actual tablets were just like a stack of copies of Gone in 60 Seconds?
1: Oh, that is true. Poss- <laughs> he just... It's always possible. <laughs> and with how much money Nicolas Cage burned through, there's no telling. he may have. Uh, he may have actually purchased them. From this Pahana character. What
0: what if they actually had like a a drawing on one of the tablets that was literally Nick Cage's face from two, like, I think we're we're like 1300 years ago.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Or possibly maybe Keanu Reeves. You never know. He's also one of those immortal figures. (laughs) One of the great whites.
0: Maybe he is the lost brother Pahana.
1: (laughs) Emerging from uh, the Grand Canyon starring that, in the Matrix movie.
0: That would be awesome. All right. Yeah. Now let's let's get into the second part of the I don't I don't really understand where the beliefs kind of changed here, but we'll we'll kind of talk about them now. A lot of this information is taken from ancientorigins.net, okay? So they talk a lot about the apocalypse that we're looking forward to, I guess. So now according to them, and I did hear this from actual uh hopi tribe members on their youtube videos as well so i don't really know if it's just a different belief system or they modified the original beliefs or i i'm not really certain but we'll talk about it so according to them the first world was actually destroyed by fire possibly a comet asteroid strike or a series of volcanic eruptions very interesting the, okay. se- the second world was destroyed by ice which is believed to be the Ice Age. And the third world, same thing, destroyed by a great flood, similar to the story of Noah. And the fourth world is drawing very, very close to an ending. Now in nineteen seventy, the Sun clan leader named Dan Kachangva, um yep. who lived he this man lived until he was a hundred and twelve years old. Damn. He, he must know something. I
1: wonder, well, I said that in the 1970s, so if he was 112, maybe he was born in the mid-1800s. Possibly there wasn't that great of a birth record, but he must have been really fucking old. Well,
0: I think this is just when they talked to him. I don't think that was when he was 112 years old. I think he just lived to 112 years old at some point. I should have checked when he actually passed away. Okay. Okay. But anyway, he said, this is his exact quote. We have teachings and prophecies informing us that we must be alert for signs and omens which will come about to give us courage and strength to stand on our beliefs. Blood will flow. Our hair and our clothing will be scattered upon the earth. Nature will speak to us with its mighty breath of wind. There will be earthquakes and floods causing great disasters, changes in the seasons and in the weather. Disappearance of wildlife and famine in different forms. There will be gradual corruption and confusion among the leaders and people all over the world. And wars will come about like powerful winds. All of this has been planned from the beginning of creation. Now, that was said in 1970. And I feel like these are problems in 2020 that we are talking about.
1: Definitely, uh, that obviously global warming It's yeah. just um, jumps out off the fucking page on you immediately. Global warming, the they and they barely knew anything about global warming back then.
0: Well, the, the the Hopi people are very very big on respecting Mother Nature, respecting the Earth, which obviously we're not really doing right now.
1: No, the exact opposite.
0: It's yeah, the they're group. they're very big on if you respect Mother Earth then Mother Earth will treat you well, treat its inhabitants well. Man, they had a picture from space of like that vortex where all the plastic in the ocean gets caught at. Yes. Jesus, that thing, if you can see that from outer space, that thing is huge.
1: Yeah, it's the, what is it? The It's all of those little tiny little bits of plastic that are floating too. It's not just the big garbage. It's, it's the plastic bits that the fish are eating, which a lot of the fish that they're catching now have all of this crap in their system.
0: <sighs> well, the, from my understanding, it kind of sounds like the humans in the third world and their belief had been doing this same thing, and that is why they got wiped out and then restarted again.
1: Yeah, it is interesting the how you mentioned the destruction of the first, second, and third world, because... You said the first world was taken out by fire. Kind of made me think of a massive volcano that happened in Indonesia. uh, Like, I think it's about 70,000 years ago, 80,000 years ago. And supposedly that caused almost like a nuclear winter and then like a really long period of like global cooling. Kind of made me think of that a little bit. It'd be the same sort of thing that would happen if Yellowstone popped today.
0: Oof, that wouldn't be good. Yogi the Bear would be dead. Oh, yeah. A
1: lot <laughs> of bears would be dead. A lot of everything would be dead if that happened. Okay,
0: were were humans around back then?
1: Yes. Uh modern humans were around back then, and I believe it actually caused some like a sort of a bottleneck in the human ancestry. So if you if you look back at like the family trees, you can see like all modern humans like come from a wide range of people apparently in the ancestral like tree there's a bottleneck at that time where the human race was actually down to a very small population on earth
0: you know what you know what is super interesting about that is in this other belief system of the hopi people they claim that the first 3 worlds um were all humans existing at that time that were destroyed. Okay. So, if you think about it, if you take the first destruction of the first world by fire and humans were around during uh that volcano you were talking about, right? Yes. That and then after that came the ice age which ended 13,000 years ago, correct?
1: Yes, I believe the last ice age ended um like 14 to 10,000 years ago, something like that.
0: And then the last one we had. Then theoretically the great flood happened what, 6,000 years ago or that's what they believe?
1: Yes, well the the Christians have not well yeah, it's it's their idea that just like Paul from mates, the famous Paul, <laughs> first was Adam and Eve then the flood, you know, like right away. So it, it is kind of funny if you I don't know if you watched Joe Rogan at all. He did have somebody on there that was talking about, uh, like, a piece of a comet hit the Earth and caused the Ice Age that we are currently having at that time to end. It Basically, all of those ice sheets, he claimed it, it like, evaporated all of that ice, and then there was a great flood, like, out into the ocean.
0: Well that kind of remind me I remember it this was a long time ago I I had checked out this book from the library I guess so it might have been one of my first dives into conspiracy but it spoke of the belief that Atlantis existed and essentially it is where Antarctica is but it got taken over by ice and wiped them all out um From an ice age or whatever, which I've always thought was really an interesting belief.
1: Yeah, they actually did have a really great documentary about that a few years ago. I believe it was called Alien vs. Predator. (laughs) (laughs) They went down into the ice and they found a lot of that shit. I love that movie. Actually, it's a horrible movie, but I just thought I love it.
0: Well, it is a documentary. They can't all win. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But anyway, Phil, have you ever heard of Prophecy Rock? Uh,
1: No, I have not.
0: Okay. Now, you live in Arizona, obviously. I I wonder if they would let you see this thing. Um, Apparently, it has been carbon dated, and it is a petroglyph, right? And it is 1,300 years old.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So... Now I'm going to pretty much be reading verbatim from this ancient origins site because they describe how it looks a lot better than I could. I came to that conclusion, but essentially the petroglyph shows Massa holding a stick with the world nearby on the top. There is a divide for two different paths that the people can take within the fourth world. The figure at the lower left is Massa, the the Hopi god of death, fire, and the earthly plane. He carries a bow with his arrow pointing to the underworld, which is the previous third world. His left hand holds a path to the current fourth world. The circle to the right uh, represents the earth, or the rim on the horizon. The Christian cross signifies the Spanish-slash-Catholic incursion of the Hopi land, The square represents a village. The the two parallel lines positioned obliquely refer to the two life paths humankind may take at the end of the current fourth world. The upper line is the path of the two hearts. On this line are four figures with enjoined hands, the last figure appearing to have two hearts. The line ends in a zigzag up into the air. The lower line is the path of the one hearts resting on the line from the left to the right are three circles, which were which represents three world shaking or three world wars. I'm going to talk about that after I finish here to the right of the last circle are corn stalk and a Hopi man tending crop. The line extends to the right across another section of the rock. Whereas The upper line is not extended. The line on the right between the two parallel lines are perpendicular to them that represent the last chance the two hearts have to descend to the true path on the lower line. Okay, let me explain all of this now. Now, essentially, what this is, is if you take humanity, you have two paths. The upper line is essentially what we i guess you could consider what you and i are right now people who have lost touch with nature we we like technology and we're not really paying attention to the world that's probably the majority of people correct yes now now the bottom line is the true path that if we follow that the world will not end now you see the little bumps in there in between the crops Okay? Yes, I do. Now they re- they represent the three great wars. Now we're probably thinking World War One, World War II, and World War Three, if it happens. Some think it's that. Some think the first hump is when Christopher Columbus arrived on North America. That was the first war against Native America. Okay. Now the second bump is the dropping of the atomic bombs. And the third bump is the turning point. Either the world will lead into destruction or we will fix the problems we have on Earth. So that's kind of where we're deciding. Now, if the third world war or world event or whatever happens, we will be led into the the fifth uh, world, essentially. So that's the end of the world. Now, what's interesting about this and that I just thought about, if this thing is 1300 years old... And they think the first dot there is the coming of Columbus. How the hell would they know that?
1: Yeah, I mean it. It does sound like there's a lot of who's ever putting this out there. They're just kind of throwing out like maybe what they want to think. Or yeah. it would be interesting. Obviously, there's no like written history from the person who put this up on the wall, or we don't even know really who who. Put that petroglyph on the wall, so you can kind of just make up whatever you want and kind of say that this means that. Even like it's not even well known. Is it? Is it one hundred percent that the figure at the bottom is Masawa?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's who is kind of watching out for humanity right now.
1: Okay. Yeah, it is interesting. You said that these were thirteen hundred years old. Yeah. You do kind of forget that like the history that we learn like 1300 years ago was kind of marked by the time of Charlemagne and the Holy Roman Empire starting up and uh, kind of like a, a getting out of the Dark Ages. It is interesting to think that there was shit going on around the world that didn't have to do with Europe, even though we get taught about like European history a lot, but <laughs> yeah. I do. I mean, it is it is cool to see these old um, it's a petroglyph, these old petroglyphs, but I just, I wish that we knew a little bit more about what they actually were
0: supposed to mean. Yeah, I, I from my understanding, and a lot of this stuff is essentially passed down from the elders to um, the younger Hopi tribe members, and then they pass it on to their youngins and on and on and on and on, you know, just kind of like they're passing the message on long uh, over a long period of time.
1: Oh, oral tradition. Okay. Yes.
0: So, obviously, it could get mixed up in there at some point, but uh, as we know, the Aztecs definitely had, or what we think is, an end-of-the-world prophecy, right, or a changing, and the Hopi seem to have the same thing. And I know the Navajo do as well, called the Rainbow, was it the Rainbow something, Rainbow Prophecy, I believe, we'll probably cover that at one point, It's another doomsday Oh, okay. prophecy or whatever but we can kind of go into some of the confirmed information that we have from people about them speaking about their prophecies for the future now like i mentioned one of the biggest beliefs is that essentially technology is what is destroying the world which is kind of true right yes now an elder i don't know what time they quoted this man as saying this, but he went he was on record claiming that gourds of ash would land on the earth now. what this is in reference to is uh when nuclear bombs hit, so they hit and then destroyed all of the fucking world there essentially okay
1: and then what like what time was this elder from
0: we We don't know it's just a okay. quote from one of the elders of the Hopi tribe. It could have been after the Hiroshima and all that, but it sounded like it was prior to that.
1: Okay. Gotcha.
0: So I don't know. Um, there's also a quote that he spoke of horseless wagons that would ride on black ribbons. This is essentially cars on asphalt. Uh, he spoke of roads in the heaven, speaking of aerial travel, and he spoke of living in the sky, which apparently speaks of space travel and the international space station. Which kind okay. of interesting.
1: Was there any mention of Elon Musk in this pro- <laughs> prophecy? Perhaps, perhaps of a kindly robot who doesn't have much personality.
0: The man who smokes marijuana on Joe Rogan will inevitably drop the price of his stocks.
1: That's the man said. with a personality of a toaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, two men with no personalities will be very rich, aka Elon Musk and uh, God. What the hell's the okay. Facebook guy? No, the Facebook oh. guy. Oh, God. Uh, we should know. He's our enemy, technically.
1: We should know him. Yeah, I I don't know. He reminds me of fucking data.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I know somebody yell at about it. Anyway, this is really interesting as well. In 1958, a minister named David Young had picked up an old Hopi elder and decided to tell him the signs that the fourth world ending was upon us. Now, these are his direct quotes. OK, number one. White-skinned people would take possession of the land and carry thundersticks that strike like lightning, referring to rifles and pistols. Mm-hmm. Spinning wheels with voices in them would come. Uh, speaking of wagon wheels or the winding of car tires, or they think it might be records or CDs, something like that. Huge strange beasts would appear looking somewhat like buffalo but with long horns. Cattle. Yep. Snakes of iron would spread across the land. Railroads. A giant spider web would crisscross the land. Now, this is apparently telegraphs, telephone, power lines, maybe even the internet. We don't know. Rivers of stone that make pictures in the sun would crisscross Hopi land. Now, this is apparently highways that create mirages. You know what I'm saying when it's really hot out? Yep uh the ocean would turn black and all living things in it would die now the the website connected this to giant oil spills referring particularly to the 2012 gulf oil spill we all remember that
1: yeah it could also mean the so what's really happening like right now to all of the great reefs in the ocean uh it's they're they're dying because they're being they call it like bleaching because of all of the chemicals in the water, all the pollution, uh, all the carbon dioxide.
0: That's not good. That's not good.
1: Yeah. Made me think of that.
0: Here's a really interesting one, where I guess he kind of first spoke of an actual prophecy, is young people with long hair would come to Hopi land to learn native ways. Now this is, he's referring to the hippies who are giving up society essentially to come learn um the ancient ways of living and that didn't really happen till the 1960s and he's telling this in
1: 1958 yeah it i mean it it does make you think of hippies he didn't mention anything about dirty poor people though so (laughs) i'm not exactly sure about that well
0: one video i was watching the the lady literally said her elder spoke of the long-haired white people who would come visit them and would have the same names like Hopi people have, which hippies would rename themselves Stargazer, Tree Man, or you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, they are trying to be edgy.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's edgy, but it's something. Back then, probably.
1: <laughs> Ima- imagine, like, growing up in the late 50s, 1960s, and everyone is living this leave it to beaver world. How would you be edgy? you you dress like they did and rename yourself you know something crazy, smoke a lot of pot you'd uh,
0: you'd listen, you'd watch Elvis Presley shaking his hips,
1: yeah, that's true. that was naught before then, but yeah,
0: that was the naughtiest thing around, yeah, uh anyway, his last one here is a dwelling place in the heavens would crash to earth, thereby producing a brilliant blue star. This is the blue star Kachina. Uh, would remove his mask in the village plaza during a sacred Kachina dance. After that, all Hopi ceremonies would would cease to exist. Now, I looked this up. Now, essentially, what Blue Star Kachina is, is a spirit that is going to come in the form of a blue star that is going to lead us into the fifth world. They refer to it as the, the Day of Purification which is essentially, it's not the end of the world, but it's the start of the fifth world, and it's the start of a whole new way of life for everybody.
1: Hmm. So kind of sounds like alien disclosure, the first alien official visit. What do you mean? Well, when oh. the aliens come, gotcha. they're going to produce a brilliant, you know, like the alien ship comes down, maybe it produces a brilliant light. And then it would remove its mask in the, you know, village plaza.
0: Right. That is a good point. Maybe that
1: could be an alien visit.
0: That actually is a very interesting point, Phil. I didn't even think of that. But from the sounds of it, and I got one more quote here before we finish, but basically there's going to be another great catastrophe in the world, which is going to kind of reset humanity. And then we're going to start the fifth world. Um and allegedly someone is going to guide us how to live correctly is essentially what I am understanding.
1: Kind of sounds like the great documentary Star Trek First Contact.
0: <laughs> Can we get a drunk guy who's building a rocket in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, I'm
1: building the, uh, the first... I believe it's the Vulcans who come and visit the first warp yeah. drive.
0: I was going to say, they... I don't know if we'd want Vulcans, though. They kind of seem like dicks. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, in the, this is getting off topic, fully off topic, but in the uh, the later TV shows, the Vulcans were always portrayed as these assholes. And I guess in the original Star Trek, the, uh, the Doctor hated Spock, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you'd essentially be filling the world up with a whole bunch of Elon Musks, and I wish I could remember the Facebook guy's name.
1: Oh, yeah, just dried out husks. Mark out Zuckerberg. Tunnel. Mark Zuckerberg, that asshole, that's his Can name. you
0: imagine yeah. a spaceship full of people like him who have no <laughs> emotions at all? They don't smile, but they pretend like they're smarter than everybody.
1: We have Hawaiian shirt Fridays. None of us wear Hawaiian shirts, though.
0: <laughs> that would be him. That would be the yeah. Balkans if they came here. Definitely, yeah. All right. Let me read this last passage. Then we'll talk about this a little bit. Um, this passage is from the 1968 book, "The Book of Hopi," written by Frank Waters and Oswald Whitebear Fredericks. Apparently, this book is awesome. If you want to learn about everything in relation to the Hopi tribe and the beliefs and the people and everything, this book is great for that. Unfortunately, okay. I didn't have time to read it, but I've—it's on my horizon.
1: Is it available on... Like, can you actually buy a copy of this? Yeah. Is it available... Okay.
0: Yeah, Amazon, all that. Nice. Anyway, here's the quote. World War Three will be started by those people who first received the light, the divine wisdom or intelligence in the other older countries, India, China, Egypt, Palestine, or Africa. The United States will be destroyed land and the people by atomic bombs and radioactivity. Only the Hopis and their homeland will be preserved as an oasis to which refugees will flee. So that's how, in 1968, that is how they are predicting the final giant war is going to happen.
1: If I had to choose any area of the United States that would be untouched by a nuclear Holocaust or nuclear disaster, that part of like northeastern Arizona, like the Four Corners area, it's very, it's not very inhabited. And there's, there's Denver, there's Phoenix, there's Albuquerque. Those are kind of like the most major cities around there, but they're kind of far from all of those cities.
0: Well, I mean, if there was nuclear bombs dropped in America, I would assume they would attack all of the large cities first.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm saying, like, the Hopi lands, where where the Hopi tribe has their lands right now, I'm guessing that wouldn't exactly be a very ripe target for nuclear destruction. It's just like the TV show. There was a TV show called Jericho. And in Jericho, they were in such an isolated spot that they could see the nuclear bomb go off in Denver, but they weren't affected by
0: it. Yeah. I mean, I guess Unfort. I mean, fortunately, I guess small town people would be relatively safe, but uh, I the hope that... The ne-
1: entire state of Iowa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they probably don't even know that exists, whatever country's bombing us. Yep. But uh, anyway, Phil, let's talk about this for a minute. So, what when you hear all these believed to be ancient prophecies from the Hopi people, like, does any of it resonate with you? Does any of it make you wonder if maybe they could know, have some knowledge that we're not aware of and they know what is going to happen in the future.
1: Well, it, this whole kind of thing makes me think about all of those stories that you hear of, of from like ancient aliens and ancient aliens visiting some of these tribe, tribal people. And a lot of their like culture, a lot of their like mythos comes from these original visits from the aliens.
0: I, that's kind of what I was thinking as well, um, especially because I I think the Mayans, are they the ones that have the big um, hierogri- hieroglyphic of their leader with, like, the damn, uh, like, what do they call it? like, breathing tube and stuff in him?
1: Oh, yeah, he's got, like, the breathing apparatus on his face, his hands are manipulating, like, little levers and shit, and his feet are, like, on pedals, and they claim that he's on a like a vessel going down to the underworld. But you could also say that he's in a rocket going up into space.
0: It is funny that the Hopi do talk about the underworld as well, because I believe that is where Massaw, kind of like that's where he hangs out, is in the underworld, but he helps the humans as well.
1: Did you say that Massaw was a sun god?
0: No, that's Tawa. Tawa Tawa. is like the sun sun god, and Massaw is like the God of fire. He watches over earth and he, he's the God of death too. So he's kind of like a bunch of them rolled together, but he's the one who gave humans fire and all of that stuff. And he's kind of the one who is going to lead us into the fifth world.
1: Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, Tawa is the sun God. Cause I was thinking it'd be kind of weird to say that the sun God
0: lived in the underworld. No, no, really? no. Okay. Yeah. It's math, it's mass sauce, so... That makes a lot more sense, yeah. I mean, we, we obviously don't, it, it's, from what I've learned about this whole thing, it's very hard to put, like, a concise timeline on their spiritual beliefs for when they were kind of developed, when they kind of came into effect, when they've changed, yada, yada, things like that, so it's hard to decide if they had previous knowledge of some of this stuff or not, but... From the quotes they have from the gentleman from the 19, or from 1958, he says some very compelling things about what's going to happen in the future. So I think that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I really like, I always really like hearing about civilizations and cultures and like their beliefs, uh, also kind of like with their religion, if they have any kind of like prophecies, I always like really like hearing about this because, it's something that you don't really hear a lot, especially us coming up, living in bumfuck nowhere, Iowa. It's not like they're going to teach us about, you know, like Native American prophecy or no. Native American religion.
0: Absolutely not. Well, the the interesting thing is, a lot of when you watch the videos of some of the Hopi elders and stuff talking, they have this, I guess you could call it a doomsday prophecy, but for them, it's nothing bad. Essentially, what it is is leading us. Into the fifth world, which was the plan all along, which will lead to a better humanity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's just like what the Mayans were saying. Because everyone was saying for the Mayans, it was the end of the world. And it's like, well, no, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's it's the transition. So...
0: Yeah, it's... Which,
1: oh, I was going to say, which for a lot of us would be terrible. But for some people might be great, you know?
0: yeah. I just think some of the the correlations between let's say the the Hopi beliefs and you can connect the dots to a lot of other maybe mainstream religious beliefs about uh, a doomsday event or previous events that they speak of in these books and they're kind of similar which is I think's pretty interesting like how do they get this knowledge you know what I mean
1: yeah it's it's definitely odd. Well, when you look at like just the building of pyramids, uh how they have pyramids all over like Egypt, South America, Asia. I believe there is even like a temple like a pyramid like structure out in like Missouri. Just how <laughs> all of these cultures I I I'm not exactly sure if it's an actual pyramid, but I know that there is a village they found in uh Missouri where there was like a like, almost like a temple mound that was buried.
0: Ah, uh, is are you talking about what we were talking about, like the mass grave site there?
1: There, yeah, there was one. Yeah, because um, a lot of people didn't realize that there was Native American like actual villages. Everyone thought that the Native Americans like in North America were only these like nomadic people who traveled around on horseback, you know, setting up teepees. A lot of them don't realize that before the Europeans showed up and spread all this disease, there were actually European settlements. It's actually on a great episode of a TV show on True TV. I can't think of what the name is right now. I'm having a really bad day for my memory, but Adam explains it all or something like that.
0: Oh, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. He actually had a really great episode where he was talking about like the Native American villages and how the Native Americans, because of the loss of life, were forced to leave these villages, and then the Europeans moved into these villages and built them on top of the old, where the Native Americans used to live, in those, like, all the buildings. They built their village in the same area.
0: Well, yeah, I I mean, yeah, that makes sense. The Hopi, I do know, still have one of their, or they had pictures of their their ancient village still intact. Like, you know, it kind of looked like If you were to look at some of the ruins of uh, the Aztecs or Mayans, kind of those stone walls and stuff, but Mm -hmm. they still had it there. It was still up.
1: Yeah, there is. It's just south of the valley here in Phoenix, uh, out where my mom lives. There is really old Native American buildings that are still erect. Like, they're still up. You can go visit.
0: I... I I don't know if they allow you to visit like Prophecy Rock or anything, but I think that'd be really cool to see. I think all these Hopi, uh, the mythology and the beliefs and all of that is really fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, what would, I'll shoot this over, what do you think the likelihood or that, trying to think of how to formulate this, like us entering into this fifth world... What do you think the likelihood is of this kind of destruction actually happening? With kind of like the way that we see humanity going and everything, I think it might be pretty high.
0: I mean, yeah, we're living in in the year twenty twenty. Everything feels like the apocalypse is just around the corner. Um, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna hold out on the hope that the blue star might, like you said, just be an alien. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that. If 2020 ends with a confirmed alien communication, I will be happy. But the way the world is right now, at least in America, I don't, I can't really speak for everywhere, but it feels like we're on the brink of some downfall or something.
1: Yeah. If you'd have asked me a year ago, like if humans visiting earth would be a good thing or a bad thing, I would have been like, oh, it'd be terrible. Absolutely horrible. You asked me that same question today. And I am pretty much completely flipped on that answer. It feels like the foundation is falling down underneath us. So,
0: so yeah, maybe the Hopi knew this was coming. I, I don't. It's hard to say. I guess we'll have to. We have what s- five months left of twenty twenty. We'll see. See what it brings by then.
1: <laughs> Who knows? It could honestly, nothing's off the table right now. Every month brings a new what the fuck, you know, situation we never thought we'd see coming. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, Phil, if uh, anybody wants to write us about their feelings on the, the Hopi belief, where can they do that?
1: They can hit us up on our email, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've gotten uh, quite a few messages. Uh, people really seem to like our Adrenochrome episode, so thank you guys for that. They can also get a hold of us on Instagram, which is the best way to get a hold of us. We are at Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Cody and I also have our own instagram sites that you can visit mine is sd pod phil uh i actually do check it quite often now and get messages from people and interact which is great cody what's yours
0: uh yeah you can follow me at Cody Zabub on instagram you can uh shoot me a message talk about whatever you want follow my uh conspiracy crazy people memes i post on my story they're kind of fun uh, otherwise, the last thing we need you guys to do, if you are an iTunes listener, log on iTunes, leave the show a five-star review. It helps tremendously. You wouldn't believe how much it helps. It doesn't really matter what you say. Or if you're a Spotify user, all you have to do is hit that follow button, and you always be updated when we drop the latest episode. Now, Well, guys, I hope that wasn't too confusing for everybody, and you enjoyed a trip down... Uh, some Native American culture and kind of learned about them. I think it's really fascinating. Otherwise, we will see you next week.
1: Thanks, guys.